welcome 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 grab a tea grab a coffee or grab a wine it's your girl d and welcome to weekly dose of me hey guys welcome to another episode of dose of d and thank you so much for tuning in again this is episode two um, before we begin, I just want to honestly say a massive, massive thank you to everyone that tuned into my first episode last week. It was a really daunting to having to post something like that with a lot of vulnerable information in the episode as well. But I definitely really appreciate all the positivity, all the love, everyone that reshared. Honestly, I owe you. Um, <clears throat> ooh, my voice is cracking. But I definitely really, really appreciated it. It was really um, heartwarming just to see people actually like really interested to hear what I have to say. I think that was the most scary part. I was like, oh, wow, I'm actually getting listens to this. But um, honestly, it's really helped a lot. So I just want to say thank you to everyone that's reached out in regards to my first episode. It definitely means a lot to me. Um, so this week's episode, I named it Mind Your Business. Um, or actually, no, actually, I want to rename that. I'm going to name it Mind the Business That Pays You because this is a topic that's been really on my mind lately um, about who we are and our identity. A lot of people have a lot of things to say about other people, but it's like sometimes I'm just like mind the business that pays you. And because I want people to understand that our identity is not rooted in just um like unless you're like a Christian obviously but even like from a non-Christian perspective like we have so much elements we're such multifaceted as humans we're multi-layered we're not a monolith we're not just one layered and I feel like a lot of people tend to forget that so what I wanted to talk about today is like it is okay to reinvent yourself as many times as you want I don't care what anyone says I don't care what your favorite podcast is your favorite influencer your favorite motivational coach they say you got to do this and this and this you are allowed to reinvent yourselves so let's get into it what do I mean when I say you're allowed to reinvent yourselves essentially it's okay to start over you know we live in a generation where and we've all heard it before we've all heard it in a very cliche context as well we live in a generation where there's times to when things need to be done. You need to have finished um, uni for three years straight after you graduated. By the time you're 21, you need to be working full time. By the time you're 22, 23, you need to have a really nice car. You need to have bought your house by 24, 25. You need to be married, settled down and all these things. And what people fail to recognize is that I wish there was a more open and honest, transparent conversation. Because you see a lot of people being like, oh, you don't need to reach these things by those times. But then no one is having those conversations about the people that didn't reach things on the standard societal timeline and the fact that they're still doing really well in life, you know. And you see young people going through depression, through turmoil, through so many things because they think, wow, I don't have this by then. I know people are telling me that it's okay, but I don't have the examples. I don't have people that I can see who are like me and they're not on the right path. So for me personally, just to give you guys an insight of who I am. So actually, you guys learned that last episode. So if you haven't figured it, if you haven't watched last, listen, sorry, listen to last week's episode, definitely tune in. But I just want to give you guys some context. So growing up in high school, right, I was always really into like I was a nerd. Like anyone in high school can tell you I was a really big nerd. I was on the debating team. I was in all the leadership things. I was doing a lot in high school. I'm going to big up myself like I did last week. I did a lot of amazing things like leadership wise in high school 
Um, I was sitting, you know, at 17 in a boardroom with the Ministry of Education, reforming the education state of Victoria, all these things without sounding boastful, but it's going to give you context. So naturally, because of the things I was really into, like debate, traveling for like public speaking and talking and really being outspoken, I used to have this tagline being the voice for the voiceless. Because I was doing all those things, naturally people were like, she's going to be a lawyer. She's going to get into international relations. She's going to be a diplomat and all these things. Um, At the end of year 12, and for those who are not in Australia, year 12, think of that as like your A-levels, like your results that really determine what uni course you're going to get into. At the end of year 12, I was kind of like, I really, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do law. But there was so much that happened that year that was actually quite traumatic that I didn't, I knew that I wasn't actually going to get the ATAR that I needed. Um, I did really well considering the things that had happened and the really traumatic things that were happening that year. I did amazing considering, but it wasn't the ATAR that I needed for the course that I needed, which was law. And then I started to overthink and I was like, maybe law's not for me. I had a situation of someone just telling me that law's not for me as well so I really started to believe those things and and like I come from like if you're African you will know like a lot of the women in your family are most likely to be nurses and I actually um fun fact literally not many people know this if you didn't have me on socials back then or anything like that um I did a semester of nursing I did a semester of nursing and I kind of was like yeah like I'm really enjoying this it was really easy like I found the coursework really interesting but then it was when I had my first placement in first semester right that um I feel like the story that I'm going to just tell that which is going to get into the topic is going to make me seem very irrational but I'm going to explain to you guys so I did a semester of nursing and I thought I was really enjoying it and I was like yeah I would watch all these nursing videos I was like I'm going to be um a a pediatric nurse I love children so much um, and just their development in anything not just not just like their learning and um, their cognitive abilities but even from a health perspective as well children are really really important to me and so yeah I started a semester of nursing and I had my first placement and I realized that nursing is not all glitz and glam the way people say um, the situation very lovely man where I had to um clean bodily fluids from him and I realized the reality was settling in I was like this will be your reality for the next 40 years um especially if you don't get into pediatric nursing and um I just said to myself I was like no I can't do this and I actually failed so we had four exams that semester I passed the other three really well but I actually failed one of the exams and that was a blessing in disguise honestly um, at the time, I was so distraught. I was like, oh my gosh, because like it was a unit that could only be done in semester one. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a, a whole year behind because I have to wait till next year to resume my studies, basically. And I was really, really stressed about it. But it was a blessing in disguise. At the time, I wasn't like faithful, like didn't have a faith, belief in God or anything like that. But now that I'm deeping it, I only know that it was God. Um, so basically I just deferred my course. I dropped out of the course and I didn't tell my pers- my parents. I got a full-time job, um, my first ever corporate job. 
Um, and then eventually I told my parents, um, my dad was really supportive. My mom was like, my parents were like really supportive, but they were also upset because they were like, like, what are you going to do then? And I was like, I want to pursue my passion in law, which is what everyone wanted me, not what everyone wanted me to be, but that was my original, um, passion. I was like, look, I didn't get the ATAR to get into any law schools in Melbourne or anything like that, but let me just apply anyways. Um, I really want to do law and I'm going to stick to it. So that was the first time I ever reinvented myself. So I started to do law and um, I start, I got into a law school, amazing law school. I love the school that I go to at the moment. I'm not going to share that just for privacy reasons. I started to get into it. And so I'm two years into law at the moment. I'm about to enter into my third year. And what I realized is like, I really, really loved this and it felt so right. And I just, you know, and then last semester, and I don't know if it was the pandemic, <coughs> oh, excuse me. You know, when you say pandemic and then the corona in your body just starts to jump out. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I was like, what if law is not for me? And I know now that um, it was not the next stage that I'm about to explain. It was not a reinvention of myself, but I'm giving myself grace in that situation. I started to think, what if law's not for me? Am I going to be smart enough? Like everyone knows I really want a family. Family is my priority. And I always say, like, how will I have time for my, my children and my future husband if I'm working in a law firm, if I'm a lawyer? Like, lawyers get, like, I have a mentor and he was telling me he gets home at 10 p.m. And I was like, oh, like, I don't know. Like, everyone says I'm a good teacher. Maybe I should get into teaching. But I was like, wow, I've already reinvented myself once. And if I switch now two years into a degree. But then I just made this rash decision. I'm very, very, and I want to talk about this on a different episode, on next week's episode, actually. Um, but I'm very, very passionate about young people, their development and children. And I kind of convinced myself that I wouldn't be able to do this in the area of law. And that I need to start from the foundation, which is the learning and development of children which is, I still hold by that. I actually still think that's true. I think I can make a greater impact by being a teacher. So I full, um, you know, deferred my law degree this year. So this semester, I've just been on a break. So I'm still only two years in and I enrolled into a Bachelor of Teaching. Mind you, my parents don't know this. And the Bachelor of Teaching actually hasn't, it started this week. And and I've been praying about it. And then last week, I was like, I feel like I need to pray about it again. Um, because a lot of people already shook. They were like, you're dropping law. Like, you want to be a teacher. Like, that's that's really interesting. But one thing I love is that my dad always raised me. He was like, you have the great, you have the ability to try as many things as you like. And then find one thing that you really, really love and stick to it. Mind you, even though I really wanted to be a teacher, it doesn't mean that I hated law. It just, I just felt that I could make a better impact. Like I'm still passionate about law and, you know, law school and also the whole teaching side, you know, teaching school and stuff. And so I, and then last week I was just praying and I just said to myself, look, you live in a country where you're afforded opportunities to start over again over and over and over. However, this time, instead of being a semester into a degree, you're two years in. So I actually told myself, and this is going to be probably like interesting to a lot of people as well. I told myself, you know what, let me actually, I've now deferred the teaching course. And I said to myself, no, I'm two years in, let me finish my degree. Let me finish law school, right? And if I really want to be a teacher, 
I will do a master's of teaching, which is shorter than the bachelor, and I'll graduate with three qualifications. For those who don't know as well, in Australia, you can do two degrees at once. So I was doing a double degree with my law degree. I was doing a degree in law and a degree in commerce with a major in human resources. So I'd graduate with two separate degrees, a law degree and a commerce degree. Um, and I just told myself, look, you know what, you, I'm... If I'm, because I'm, I'm also passionate about law and also human resources as well. And I said to myself, if I'm really, really passionate about teaching the way I say I am, I have the ability to come back to it. But right now, I, I should finish my law degree. So that's something I made a decision literally a few days ago, which to a lot of people, they may not understand my decisions and what it is. But I'm here to tell you that it is okay to start over, especially if you live in a Western country. I know that we have these pressures from our friends, from society, from family to get things done. But the thing is, we're not one dimensional. We are multifaceted beings. We have so many layers, as I said to our, as I said earlier, to ourselves that people don't recognize. We have different interests, different likes. And to choose a career, even though you can reinvent your career as many times as you want in your life, but to choose a career and think, this is possibly what I'm going to do for the next 30 to 40 years. It is not a lighthearted decision. So it is okay. Give yourself the grace and kindness when you realize that, hey, Maybe this isn't for me, but always have an action plan. It's one thing to say, I don't want to do this anymore, but you need to have a plan of what you're going to do anyways, because we don't give ourselves this freedom in this room and we're stuck in this box where people say, you said you want to be a lawyer, stick at being a lawyer. Even though I'm finishing my degree, it wasn't other people's decisions that made me um, go back to and finish my law degree. It was my own convictions, my own heart and my own thoughts where I thought, no, this is what I want to do. Yes, I'm very passionate about community and others and having people that you can depend on. But at the end of the day, you create the life that you want to live. You are the author, like from a non-Christian perspective, you are the author of your life, you know. If you're a Christian, you still get to make your decisions, but this time you have God guiding your decisions. Do you get what I mean? You're not living for another person's approval. You're not living for your family's approval. You're not living for your friend's approval. You're not living for the people, society's approval. And I understand it's really hard to say that because some people might be like, oh, but D, you don't get it. My family's really strict and all these things. I understand. But what I've also recognized is that when you give people the power to evoke those emotions in you, they will remain to have that power and control. The thing that I've learned the last year is to reclaim my control and reclaim my power. Because at the end of the day, I am the only one who's going to sit in that, those classrooms. I'm the only one that's going to sit in those exam rooms. I'm the only one that's going to be stressed when studying. Can I get like an amen? Because honestly, studying during the pandemic was the worst. And I can say that for all students. It's been a struggle. We're put into an environment that we're not used to. And now you want me to struggle and be doing something that I don't enjoy. Life is too short for that. And people can say, but D, like, you know, you sound so privileged. Like, But if you live in a country like the UK, you live in the country like America, and you live in a country as Australia, then we honestly do can say that life is too short to be doing things that we don't want to do. There should be a fine balance. I'm not saying just drop everything professional-wise and just have fun and whatnot. Whilst we have a balance, but it's also about what fulfills you. It is okay to take a break from uni, even if it's for a semester, you know, even if it's for a year or a semester, it is okay to take a break and figure out the things that you enjoy. Like I'm actually really enjoying like content creating at the moment. And I didn't realize that I'd actually really enjoy this. 
Do you get what I mean? So whilst I'm now, because I'm going to go back to <clears throat> my law degree next semester because the semester is halfway through at the moment. Um, next semester, I'm going to go back to my law degree. But this time that I haven't been at uni, it's really been useful for me to take a step back, to, to breathe, to figure out my interests, what I like and what I enjoy. And that is okay too. We have so much time. The next 50 to 60, 40, however much time we have on this earth, we're going to be in the chosen career. But it's okay to want to find different things, figure out what you enjoy and things, see if things are for you. And if things aren't for you, you don't need to beat yourself up about it because that's the beauty in having choices. You might figure out that, hey, maybe that's not for me and that's okay. The thing is, people will talk for like a second and be like, oh, Dee keeps changing her mind. She doesn't know what she wants to do in life. Thing is, I know what I want to do. I have a five to 10 year plan. But what I'm also giving myself grace is that those five to 10 year goals that I have, God can sometimes come and look at that list and just, he's going to giggle and say, uh-uh, baby girl, that's not what I have planned for you. And as a Christian, how can I be the author? How can I have the final say when God has the final say? Do you get what I mean? And it's all about just, you need to, even from like, again, I don't want to make everything so preachy, but even from a non-Christian perspective, like it's about understanding who you are. How can you understand who you are if you've never even tried to, if you've never looked at different hobbies, if you've never tried different things, you're so stuck in this way. And I think that's where the education system fills up, fails us. There's all these careers that we have no idea about until out of high school. Like, especially for me, learning about like the tech industry, like I taught myself how to code randomly at the start of the pandemic. I don't want to work in tech but like just I didn't know that there was all these jobs like coding um hacking and all of these things but it is okay so then people might ask okay D if it's okay to start over it is if it is okay to reinvent myself over and over again and yes I'm going to give myself that grace and I also just want to say you might see right that you're behind and you might be like but my peers graduated two years ago everyone else around me graduated a year ago but imagine, imagine you have that mentality, yeah, but think about it, those people that graduated early, they might actually decide in two years time, hey, this is not for me, and I actually want to go back to uni, and now they're doing another three to four years in uni, but you, you took the time to actually sit back, figure out what you like, and now you've decided, let me finish, or let me do something new, you technically end up finishing earlier anyways, because now they've gone back, but it's not a bad thing if they do go back, we have the freedom to choose. We're not one box and we're not going to let society box us into what society wants us to be. We try so hard to please others, other people that we forget to please ourselves. We, so, we try so hard to conform to people's opinions of who we should be instead of stepping into what we sh actually should be. Does that make sense? We don't step into the things that we love because we're so afraid of what people want us to be. But that's not their life. They've made their decisions and done what they want and they're happy. So why can't you be happy too? Why are you holding on to that fear and that anxiety? And I get it. But at the end of the day, you need to reclaim that power. Because I've realized, especially with my anxiety, anything that gives you anxiety, you're giving it that power. Why are you giving it that power to consume you? You have the ability to choose the things that give you that power. Obviously, there are things that might be outside of your control, but unpack it. Why does this make me anxious? We need to stop letting things give, um, have power over our lives because it will cripple us. And I've been there before. And it will make us put us into situations and decisions that we're not happy with. And this life is for enjoyment. This life is to be fulfilled. This life is about love, kindness, joy, happiness, all these things. 
And if you're not happy with where you are, how will you be able to experience those fruits? How will you be able to experience that side of life? And then people might ask, okay, like I was going to say before, I'm going to start over, but how do I find what I enjoy? How do I find my purpose? <clears throat> what I always say is to find your purpose and to discover who you are, you need to look at the foundations of who you are. Once you've figured out the things that you enjoy, what you love and things like that. For me, my foundations is obviously God. My foundation of who I am, my identity is rooted in Jesus. But for someone who's a Muslim, um, practices Islam or anything else, other religions, um, if they're Jewish, Buddhists, or if they're atheists and all these things, their foundations of who they are is not going to be the same as mine. When you figure out what the foundations and the root of the things that you enjoy and who you want to be, you then need to start visualizing your higher self and becoming your higher self. What I started off with, some really practical tips. When I figured out the type of woman that I want to be in the future, this isn't even career-wise, just trying to figure out who, the, what the type of woman I want to be is. What does she look like? I had to start off with, what are my strengths and what are my weaknesses? You know, you can even do this right now whilst you're listening. Grab a piece of paper, write at the top, my strengths, and right at the bottom, my weaknesses. And it might seem like a very basic activity, but when you actually start to analyze yourself and you say, hey, I'm really good at doing this and I'm really, I need more, instead of even saying weaknesses, areas of improvement. So like, for example, I feel like my strengths are my, my I have very good interpersonal skills. I have the ability to conversate and have conversations with different types of people. I hate small talk, so I'm really usually good at being able to really get into conversation. But my areas of improvement is sometimes my patience. That's something that I can lack and I'm recognizing that in the types of fields that I want to get into and the types of things that I want to do on the side, it requires me to be patient. So I need to work on that. And then you ask yourself, so I've recognized the areas of improvement. How do I now work on those? In terms of my patience, I've actively now, like if I find myself getting irritated or impatient, I check myself. I remind myself, D, this person that you're getting impatient with, whatever they're doing, they're not doing it intentionally. They're genuinely doing what they know. They're doing the things that they, they're doing the things that they're doing in the way that they know how to do it. And just because they're not doing it in the way that you think it should be done, don't get irritated. Don't get mad. And it's about that active self-check-ins with myself. When I feel those emotions, instead of letting those emotions jump out, I actually start to check myself and start to bring myself back to reality and be like, hold on D. Well, the feeling that you're feeling right now, it's extremely unwarranted. It is not fair to put that onto somebody else just because of the way that you feel. So you need to start off with the foundations, your strengths, your weaknesses. What I've also done on more of like a mental health side as well is writing down, um, what are my triggers, you know, what are things that trigger me, what are things that evoke that anxiety and working on those things so that I no longer allow those things to have power over me. I'm reading a book, um, I've kind of paused it at the moment, but I have it right in front of me. Um, I'll give you guys the name and the author, give me one second, oh you probably can hear all that noise. Um, so it's called How We Can Stop Reacting and Start Healing Our Triggers, it's by David Rico, David Rico, I'm not too sure how he pronounces his last name so um shout out to him and it just talks about how to identify those triggers and to start healing from those triggers so they no longer have power but when I say going further on what does being that person look like <clears throat> you've defined the type of woman or the type of man that you want to be and then you now need to ask 
what does that person do day to day to become that person? You want to be this boss babe, be this boss corporate babe. Okay, what is she doing every single day? What what habits does she or he have every single day that you're not currently doing? You know, it might be as simple as, are you sleeping earlier so that you have better um, sleep hygiene? Are you waking up early? Are you working out? Are you eating good? Are you doing the things every single day that requires you to become that person? Because it's one thing to say, hey, I really want to be this kind of person, but you've got to put the work into it. I know this world, they'll tell you, you know, just manifest and all this like stuff within the world like just manifest and you know pray but you know the bible says um faith without works is dead like you still got to put in the work do you get what i mean like even just even again not even on a christianity perspective you can say hey i really want to buy a tesla at the end of the year but how are your finances looking that can be a goal no one's saying you can't have that as a goal but you need to be realistic with yourself what is your current need doing that's contributing to that goal that you have for future you i always always say the version of you that you want to be is on the other side of your discipline if you don't have that discipline to become the person that you want to be, you're going to be stuck in this constant cycle. You're going to remain in this space where you are going to now get fed up with yourself. You're going to be unhappy with yourself. But where's your discipline? And I've written a lot of motivational people say this all the time. You can't rely solely on just being motivated to fight, figure out who you want to be. Because you can be like, I'm motivated by my future family. I'm motivated by helping my current family. I'm motivated by all these things. But motivation is a feeling. We all know this. What happens on the days that you don't feel motivated? Are you, gonna, are you going to just sit back and be like, I'm done, I quit? No. That's why some of the best athletes in the world, some of the most successful, they've had bad days. It is a choice. Discipline is about actively showing up every single day, regardless of whether you feel motivated or not. It is that active choice of choosing, hey, I feel like complete crap today, but I'm still showing up for the things that I want to do. Why? Because I know that the life that I want to live is on the other side of my discipline. I can't remain in the space that I'm in if I don't pursue the things that I want to do, even on the days where I feel like crap. And it's not to say don't have rest days. When you having when you need like a mental health break or a physical health break, that's completely fine. But discipline is so important in becoming that person. For me, the type of woman I want to be, I had to recognize that I need to be working out you know, I've started working out more. I need to be taking my vitamins daily. I need to be, um, you know, eating better. I need to be in an environment of people, the types of people that I keep around me, the types of shows that I'm watching, the types of music that I'm listening to, all of that contribute to who I am. And we don't recognize this until, and it's never too late because again, we're able to reinvent ourselves. And that's the beauty of me. Like <clears throat> last year, the type of woman I wanted to be probably was so different to the type of woman I want to be today. And that's because my foundations were different. You know, the things that I found valuable, the thing, my desires were different. You know, it says, um, I'm going to show you guys, uh, in this verse, right? <clears throat> I want to show you something as well. The, the reason I say this, if we, um, <laughs> let's get a little bit of Bible, you know, you know the vibes. Um, Romans 12, 2, right? <clears throat> By the way, guys, like with my podcast, I'm not going to, it's not that I'm trying to force anyone to be a Christian, but I have to understand that a lot of the things I talk about in my opinion stem from that. So I need to be able to make you guys realize, right? Um... 
just give me a second. Like for some reason, my Bible app. So people be like, so now that my foundation is in God, people be like, okay, but how do you know what God's desires are for you? Romans twelve two, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by be by but be. Oh my gosh, my English, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and what is acceptable and perfect. By renewing your mind to the things of God as a Christian, right? You're able to see what's God's will because it won't be within those worldly things. By keeping your your mind purely on Christ, anything that doesn't align with your understanding and knowledge of God, you naturally won't want to do those things. And then, <laughs> sorry, I just got a funny text. Um, and then <laughs> I just got a text whilst I lost my chain of thought. Oh my gosh. So essentially what I'm trying to say is that before I started my walk with God, my identity and the things that I was renewing my mind to were so different to the things that I'm renewing my mind to now. Everything that I do now, I would say I wanted to glorify God in any aspect, you know. And so that's who my identity is. And I need to ask myself, how do I still be the woman that I want to be, but with it being glorified and glorifying who God wants to be? You need to actively show up as that person every single day. Visualize that person that you want to be. You can even pause this podcast if you want. Pause it right now. Take a moment. Write five things, five characteristics of the type of person that you want to be and the type of characteristics that they have. What does that person do on the daily? What what kind of lifestyle do they live? And how do they contribute to that lifestyle? So now we're going to go into some more practical practical tips as well. When you're becoming this person and figuring out your purpose and figuring out your goals, firstly, you need to be realistic with your goals. You really do need to be realistic with your goals. I'm not saying that you can't dream big, but at the end of the day, we need to be realistic. You owe it to yourself to be realistic. When you set up goals that aren't realistic and then you don't meet those goals, you're going to condemn yourself. You're going to beat yourself up. That's why I always say at the beginning, you need to start with goals that are realistic to you and your situation. You can always dream bigger, but to get to that bigger, let's start with starting putting the concrete down on the house. You know, I always say the foundation is so important. You'll know why. If a house is built, yeah, and there's a tornado that comes through, yeah, the the walls may fall, but what won't move is the concrete on the ground because it is strong. If your foundation is wrong, if your foundation is strong, right? It doesn't matter what comes your way. It doesn't matter what comes to attack you. It doesn't matter what people's opinions have. You're rooted in who you are, but that won't shake. However, if you don't have that concrete down on that foundation, that slab of concrete, (laughs) if you haven't put that down, anything that comes, a tornado come, that concrete is up and going. It's going to crack. It's going to not be able to be, it's not going to be dried properly. It's not going to be concrete it's not going to be spare that was <laughs> um but do you get what i'm trying to say anytime you have your foundation strong enough there is nothing that can shake it yes the walls may fall but the foundation of who you are that's going to remain and that's with anything that's not even just with like figuring out who you are that's with your life your friends your family your relationships so <clears throat> A lot of, like I was saying, you set goals that aren't realistic and then you don't meet them and you start to, you start to speak negatively, negatively into yourself. You start to say these things like, oh my gosh, I I didn't do it properly and all these things, right? But the thing is, do you have the means to reach your goals? Because if you're going to say you want to save $10,000, how are you going to do it? 
Are you increasing your income? Are you decreasing your expenses? Have you worked out, do you make enough money at your job to be able to save $10,000? What things of your lifestyle do you need to cut out? What are things that you don't need, but they just a want, things that you like, things that you enjoy doing? Are you willing to cut those out? Because at the end of the day, if you don't have those that plan to do things, at the end of the year, you're going to be like, oh, damn, I only saved $2,000, which is an amazing achievement. But you're not going to see the beauty in even seeing 2000 uh, saving 2000 because your mind was so focused on the 10000 You really need to do that. And a really good way is I always say break your goals down. Okay, you want to save $10,000, right? Because these correlate. You need to break it down. Break your yearly goals that contribute to your purpose and the person you want to be. Break it down monthly. Then break it down weekly. And then break it down daily. Not even just with money, right? If you want to be a better person with fitness overall, you want to lose 50 kilos in a year, right? What does that look like per month? What does that look like per week? And what does that look like per day? What are you doing every single day? Are you going for a walk 30 minutes a day? Are you going to the gym for 30 to 45 minutes a day? Every single day. All of those days will then compound and build up on each other. And they will contribute to your weekly goal. You're like, damn, I did it. I don't, obviously this maths is very wrong, but you'd be like, damn, I lost two kilos this week. I damn, I lost a kilo. And all of that kilo that you lost, that was a combination of you making sure that you're sticking to your daily goals, your daily goals. When you're able to see your big goals on a daily and a weekly and a monthly scale, it doesn't make it so scary. It's not as confronting and you're able to actually be like, wow, like it becomes so much easier. Um, and it takes away that stress as well. <clears throat> other things I want to talk about in terms of practicality is basically what I was talking about before about you need to be disciplined and motivated because what are you doing on the days that you don't feel good are you still showing up because reinforcing discipline it requires you to keep going even on days that you don't want to as I mentioned before discipline it also creates habit we all know what the saying it takes 21 days to create and form a habit habit however it's easy to build good habits right but it's also very easy to build bad habits Discipline doesn't discriminate and we need to recognize that. Okay, yes, you might wake up and exercise every day for 21 days, right? Cool. You've now built that discipline, that habit of, you know, naturally your body wants to work out. But if you haven't changed your eating habits, right, and then you're like, why am I hitting my weight loss goal? Okay, but what are your food habits like? And I'm not talking from like a mental health perspective. I'm talking as an everyday healthy person. What are your food habits like, right? Again, like I mentioned, Discipline doesn't discriminate. The things, the bad things that you do every single day for 21 days that aren't beneficial for you, that's going to become part of your identity in a way. It's going to become part of your habits because your body will be like, okay, I'm used to eating McDonald's every single day. Let's continue. And it becomes so much harder to break out of those habits. And that's why it's so important that we recognize the things that we're doing day to day. Because if we're not careful, we're going to fall into a cycle of things that aren't good for us. And it's going to be so hard to break out of. There's something in my life that I struggle with at the moment. And I'm not going to go into it. It's a bit personal. There's something that I currently struggle with. And why do I struggle with that? Because during the pandemic, I started to um, just divulge in this specific area of my life. And I didn't, at first it seemed very harmless, but now it's become a habit. And now I'm literally actively trying to break out of it, but it is so difficult. But you know what? That's not my identity. Let's scratch what I said before. Your bad habits actually don't become your identity. When you let it become your identity, that's when it becomes harder. You need to tell yourself, 
I am stronger than the feeling that I have. And the way I was be able to discipline to fall into this bad habit, I can be just as disciplined to come out of it, you know? And that's like even going back to Christianity. I always say there's people that struggle with certain types of sin, whether it's like, let's just use like pornography, for example. There are people that might struggle with pornography. And as a Christian, you're going to tell yourself, you're saying, oh my gosh, I have gone five days without porn, without masturbating. And you're so focused on the on not um, masturbating, you're so focused on not watching porn that it becomes your idol. Beating that sin becomes your idol and you actually forget to align yourselves with the things of God. So you start to say like, oh, it's been 10 days. But then on the 11th day, because you've been so focused and kept your mind so on that, you fall short and you start to condemn yourself and you start to say, I'll never be able to break out of this. But think about it. Instead of focusing on that sin or whatever you're focused or whatever you're struggling with, why not focus on purely God? If you focus purely on God and keep your mind on the things of God every single day, you don't even pay it. You don't even enter rooms and the things that aren't of God because your mind is not there. You renew your mind to God. You understand who he is. Instead of now asking yourself, is this a sin or am I struggling? You start to ask yourself, is this in alignment with who God is? Is this in alignment with the things that I'm learning about God? When you learn those things, right, it becomes so much easier because you're purely focused on God. That naturally, the things that aren't of God will fall away because you're not even thinking about them. You don't even have time to think about that video that you found on Pornhub, that video that's been tempting you because you're purely focused on God. And I'm not saying that will work for everyone, but it has definitely worked for me, not in areas of pornography, but in other areas of my life that I struggle with. I keep my focus on the things, and even from a non-Christian perspective, instead of telling yourself, oh, I'm not going to eat McDonald's every single day, tell yourself, I want to be the healthiest version of myself. Focus on the things that contribute to you being the healthiest version, instead of focusing on the negative side, being like, oh, I've gone five days without eating McDonald's. It's great to recognize that, but you're going to keep thinking about McDonald's every single day because that's at the forefront of your mind. And then you naturally will gravitate to that McDonald's and now you're eating it again and you've condemned yourself. Instead, why not focus on the healthy version of you? Focus on the person you want to be and the things that she does every single day. Keeping your mind at that person, he or she or what they want to be, you don't even think about the McDonald's because you're so focused on the, the person I want to be, they eat like this, they do this, and you won't even think about your bad habits. Another thing, another practical tip is writing your goals down. You need to write them down. A lot of people don't write their goals down as simple as it sounds, and we don't have the superpower to memorize everything unless you've got like this magician brain. Like I am so jealous, but unfortunately we don't have a superpower brain. Do you get what I mean? And writing your goals down triggles, English is not my first language guys, triggers muscle memory and acts as a visual trigger for you. So for example, right now in front of me on my desk, I have my weekly calendar and my to-do list on the side of that. There's things that I would do and check off and I'd be like, okay, but if I didn't write that down, I wouldn't have been able to check those off. I also have on my calendar on my MacBook, on my Mac, um, my laptop, sorry, I have my calendar and every single thing I need to do daily. Just having those visual reminders ensures that I won't forget. Another thing that I think is a really good way is stacking your habits. You know, if you find it hard to find time for new goals, stack them onto other things you do. You know, whether it's like, you know, you want to learn the word of God more, you know, when you're making your morning coffee, why not, um, you know, on the Bible app, you can press play, 
that three minutes that you take to make your morning coffee, press play on the verses that you want to meditate on. Press play on the verses that you want to read on, on the chapters that you want to read on. This is really helpful because the original habit that you do is already in reinforced. So it will be done regardless. You're just simply adding an extension to it. It could be even after, you know, after I have my breakfast, I'll do 10 burpees. You know, you're adding it onto an already existing habit instead of trying to make it into a new singular habit. I'll give you guys an example. For me, I live really close to my supermarket. So I always say as a habit stacking to just even fit in my exercise if I don't really feel like going to the gym. I'll say, hey, whenever I go to Coles, well, Coles is the supermarket place, by the way. Whenever I walk to Coles, I'll fit my 30 minute walk in. Do you get what I mean? And fitting that 30 minute walk in when I was already going to go out for a walk anyways, it makes it so much easier. It makes it so, so much easier. Some other practical tips I wanted to provide is that you need to set personal boundaries with yourself. You're not rewarding for sacrificing your mental health for a goal. Even though I spoke about discipline, discipline doesn't mean don't look after your mental health or don't have rest days. But you need to look after yourself. If you need rest, then take your rest and understand where your rest is stemming from. You don't want to be in a place where you've achieved your goals, but now you have bad health. That's going to now set you even back because you've just burnt out. You're exhausted. You know, burnout can actually affect you physically and people don't recognize this. You know, you need to be in a place where you can look after yourself and do things efficiently. You know, people work, people say work hard, work hard. Uh-uh. I'm not about that work hard rhetoric anymore. It's about working smarter, not harder. If you can do things smarter and still get the same result, why not do it? Why force yourself to burn out, to overcompensate, to do all these things when there are easier means of being able to do those things? Do you get what I mean? You know, you're not rewarded for sacrificing your mental health. You're not rewarded for becoming sick. You know, people say no pain, no gain. And I'm not saying that it would never be painful. But getting to where you want to be doesn't always have to be painful. That's a rhetoric that people use to justify means as to the things that they had to do to get where they need to be. But that's not everyone's reality. If we all had ways to get achieve our goals in a way that didn't involve pain, why would you choose pain? Why does... Why does reward need to always come after suffering? That's not, that's not healthy. It's not beneficial for you. You're only going to suffer at the end when your mental health is at zero, when your physical health is at zero. It is okay to depend on people. Um, I struggle with it as myself. I know we all can be very hyper-independent. We struggle to depend on people. But there is so much beauty in being able to say like, hey, hey D, I really need help with this. Do you mind helping me? And you were able to get that done, the same result, you received help and now you're not as stressed because you actually reached out. People won't know if you don't say anything. Unfortunately, we can't read minds. Do you get what I mean? So another thing I just want to say is like extend yourself grace with starting over, with setting your goals. In 2020 and the pandemic, it's a really great example of how you can't always control the outcome of things that you want to do. I had travel plans. I was meant to, I'm trying to do 30 countries before 30. I was meant to do a huge Europe trip at the start of this year. We're going to do a, a European winter. But COVID ruined that and the goals that I had. And it was kind of an annoying. Um, oh, sorry, guys. I had a bit of a technical difficulty. You might notice that there's a bit of a skip. But as I was saying, um, 2020 and the pandemic was a perfect example of just how we can't always control the outcome of the things that we want to do. And it's really good to have all these practical tips. But, you know, sometimes things will be out of your control. And instead of beating yourself up, especially if it was out of your control, give yourself grace and give yourself kindness. 
you are human and it's not no it's not always about meeting your goals meeting your goals is a huge achievement but sometimes what I think is so much more important is about the things that you do after you've met those goals okay you weren't able to reach your goal of weight loss or money raising money or doing this or achieving this what are you going to do after are you going to beat yourself up about it or are you going to get back up and try again there is so much beauty in starting over, so much beauty in trying again. And it is okay if you decide to reinvent yourself and even that reinventing of yourself, it doesn't work out. That is completely okay as well. You have to remember, delayed does not mean denied. Just because it's not now, it does not mean that it's not going to be for you. Just because your goal of what you want to do at this moment or in the next few months doesn't look like it's going to happen, it doesn't mean that it won't happen. Your timing might not always be the correct timing. The timing that was meant for you will always be for you. The things that are for you will always be for you. But sometimes, especially as Christians, when we're trying to do things in our own time instead of God's time, God's saying, I already granted that for you. That's already part of your plan. But what I need you to recognize is that just because things aren't going the way that you think they should be going, it does not mean that it is denied. I need you to remember that. If there's one thing, I need you to remember A delay does not mean denied. Rejection can always be redirection. Just because this job place rejected you, it does not mean you can't be redirected into something better and something bigger for you. Because when you get rejected, right, ask for feedback. How can I do better? And now you're able to work on those skills. And now a bigger job has come up, you're able to say, hey, I learned from the last job not to do this, this, and this. I've worked on those skills. I've bettered myself. And now as a result... I can apply that to my new job. Also, celebrate every win and have fun with your goals. I know I might be talking very, very seriously, but life is for enjoyment as well. Have fun with your goals, you know. It doesn't always have to be career, personal development. It might be just very, like, self, like, non-serious goals that you might have. And even the big goals, the small goals, celebrate every single win. You know, studying, you know, if you're doing an assignment that is like 5,000 words, after every 500 words, give yourself a treat, you know. Give yourself a 10-minute break. Obviously, don't let that 10-minute become an hour. But celebrate your wins. Celebrate your goals. These practical tips will help you become, step into the person that you need to be. Step into your purpose. Step into alignment with what you were called to do and figure out who you are. It's so easy to listen to these motivational speakers. But if you're not doing things on a practical level, how are you going to become the person that you want to be? Give yourself grace. Give yourself kindness. Celebrate every win. Rejection is redirection. Delayed does not mean denied. You, the only person stopping you, from when things are in your control remember you are your own enemy sometimes that procrastination that self-doubt that imposter syndrome we spoke about last week I completely get it but we can't at the end of the day sometimes it is up to you to start it is up to you to keep it pushing it is up to you to keep moving forward it is up to you to love on yourself in a way that is beneficial for you and become the person that you want to be Because I know that you have it in you. And you might be thinking, oh, like I've just, you know, supporting Dee as a friend. But I know that this message is for you too. You might not realise, but you're listening to this for a reason. It's not a coincidence, you know. This is for you. And I have faith in you. I have so much faith in you. That you're able to accomplish anything that you put your mind to. As long as you're willing to do the work too.